Welcome back to the Women of Marvel podcast, where we assemble to talk all things Marvel and more. This is Judy Stevens, producer, bringing you this week the San Diego Comic-Con Women of Marvel panel from 2015. We're super excited to have this, and we want to send a big thanks to Jason Chung and the Marvel.com video team for recording the panel for the live stream so we could use the audio that way after we had a little hiccup with our own recorder. So tune in, enjoy, and we'll see you guys next week. Good morning. Yes. Welcome to the Woman of Marvel panel. The we- Women of Marvel panel. We need a lot of noise, you guys. Last day. We did it. We are recording this for our podcast. So you guys get to, every time you guys scream, you should, in theory, listen to yourself on the, on the podcast. It should be live in two weeks. So we have a lot of women up on stage right now. Uh, New York, yeah. So let's introduce everyone. First up, we have Sana. And then Adri, who was just taking a picture. She's a social media director or manager. Uh, these are a little out of order. Marguerite, all the way at the end. She writes a number of books for us. We've got Margie Stoll. She will be writing the Black Widow YA book for us that comes out in October. We're really excited to add Tara Butters. And Michelle Vasikas. They are both Agent Carter run a show as executive producers and now the Captain Marvel writers. We've got Ann Foley, costume designer of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And Megan Megan Thomas Brandner, VP Development Director. Lorraine Sink. Host and writer of Marvel's The Watcher. And that's me. I want to give a a, a quick special shout out uh, to Janine Schaefer, Honorary Woman of Marvel for Life. She is. uh, She has been the brainchild behind Women of Marvel, the panels, and really, like, I still rely on her for so much support. So she's amazing. Special shout out to her and, of course, to Kelly Sue DeConnick, who I don't know where she is, but uh, also Honorary Woman for Life. Women of Marvel. Honorary. I know I'm stepping in on Janine's role. She usually moderates these, so. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so we've got a couple announcements for you guys. We've got some great art to show you. We're going to talk to some of the ladies on the panel, and then we're going to open up to Q&A for you guys, okay? Also, if you guys are tweeting about the panel, use the hashtag Women of Marvel. Yeah, we want to we wanna be trending, okay? Everyone on your phones right now. I don't see any of your heads down. And right before we kick it off, uh, we just want to say, and we take a kick it off this way every every uh, uh, Women of Marvel panel. Um, look at all these women up here. For anyone who says that women don't like comics, don't work in comics, or can't work make comics, it's complete. Pardon my French. BS. All right. And you guys are testing to it. So thank you. Okay, we're going to start off with some comic stuff. So, Unbeatable Scorecard, I'm going to throw this to Sana. She should, in theory, have notes. Oh, oh yeah. Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. Who's reading Squirrel Girl? Are you guys fans? I love this series. I love this series because you can really, anyone can read it. It's all ages friendly. Um, and it's also getting young girls into reading comics, which makes me very, very excited. Um, uh, Squirrel Girl, as they, they like to say, it's the second number one issue this year. <laughs> Which is good. You guys, this is a very good thing. That means they still want to make Squirrel Girl comics. Um, this is Squirrel Girl as she moves off campus um, with her roommate, Nancy. And it's a really big deal because they have their own apartment. And they're pretty amazing and cool. Uh, you're going to get delve into a little bit more about her origins. Um, and also, the most exciting part of all, there might be a chance meeting with Howard the Duck. Um, I think that's really the event... That's the event of the year. Squirrel Girl and Howard the Duck together. 
We'll do a big promotion around it. Uh, so check that out. That is out. When is that out? It's, it's out soon. We announced it, but I'm not quite <laughs> sure. Um, but obviously, okay. Erica Henderson is doing the art. It's beautiful. It's really great. Yes. And Ryan North, of course, is writing. Yeah. Okay, next we have Blade. This is a new announcement. We have not. This is an all-new announcement just for the Women of Marvel panel. Exactly. <laughs> Big deal. Take it in, guys. Oh, and we have some... Oh, wait, go back, go back. Oh, wait, well, we have some character art. I want to show this to you guys. Yeah. Big deals. So I expect cosplay in two months. Come on. Um, So this series is about maybe a new blade. Her name is Fallon Gray, um, and she's from rural Oregon. And there are some creepy threats. Yes, for all those Oregon represents. I know. Represent Oregon. Yeah? You guys are into it? Sure. I know about it. Um, uh, She uh, is... She is basically facing a threat that she doesn't understand, um, and she ends up meeting someone that will become very important to her, and that is her father, Eric Brooks. Um, So this is a completely new take on Blade, obviously for many reasons. Uh, It's written by Tim Seeley. Uh, The artist is Logan uh, Farber. Um, Art Adams is doing the covers, which is just fantastic. Um, and we're very, very excited to, to put a new spin on, on Blade and the way that story is traditionally told. It's a little creepy. It's a little fantastic, um, but it's also so much fun. So check that out. That is coming um, this fall as well. Yeah. So the, the next panel is actually mine. Um, I wanted to show some of these cosplay covers to you guys. So we announced at, um, in uh, New York a few months ago at another convention that we're going to be doing cosplay cover variants. They're going to run um, with the all-new, all-different Marvel Now starting in October. And we're going to have 20 different covers featuring cosplayers from all over the country. Um, featuring, uh, uh, there'll be 10 men and 10 women, and we're really excited to sort of see new, there's going to be new costumes, going to be new Doctor Strange, new Spider-Woman, new Spider-Gwen, stuff like that. So definitely look for it. There'll be people you recognize. There'll be people that you may have never seen before. So we're really excited to show the diversity in cosplay and costuming um, with all the different types of costumes and uh, ages and sizes and races. It's all going to be there. Yay. That's my baby. Okay. Next up, we've got um, some... uh, a A little surprise. What is this? What is this? You ask. Whoop, whoop, whoop. I messed up. I messed up. Oh, no. Let me figure out how to play this. Okay. So this is a little sneak peek. Um... It's really, we're, we added visuals just for more, but it's really a graphic audio. Here's something audio about trash. We say we throw it out, but it never really goes away. This is just a waste of quality used appliances. It just builds up and builds up, usually in places nobody wants to go. Like right here, for example, in New Jersey. My name is Kamala Khan. And I'm here to take out the trash. Unfortunately, right now, the trash is in the form of a two-story robotic T-Rex with an excavator shovel bucket for jaws. I'm starting to kind of get used to this sort of thing. I'd say come at me, bro, but I have a feeling you're going to do that anyway. The Scrapasaur is made up of spare parts from a variety of industrial machinery. And I noticed it has a rusty four-door sedan raised in its paw. Claw. Whatever. Hmm. Also, for a junkyard dino, it's got a pretty good fastball. Oh, crap, oh, crap, oh, crap. Okay, wait, wait, wait. I'm thinking now that maybe this isn't the best place to start. I should really go back to before. Yeah, that makes more sense. Let's start at the Circle Q in Jersey City, where I live. This is very exciting, obviously for me on a personal level, but very exciting because we are, um, we've uh, partnered with Graphic Audio and we're doing a whole Graphic Audio, the first volume of No Normal, Ms. Marvel. Um, it is uh, sort of cinematic in style, lots of great special effects. 
Um, and the actress who's doing the voiceover is just really fantastic. It's also the first time I've heard like Kamala Khan, Kamala Khan's voice. Um, yeah. I hear it in my head all the time. Uh, but it's, it's, it's coming alive and it's for people who, you know, if you want to take a long car drive with your kids, it's a great thing. Uh, it's a, it'll be a great track for you guys to listen to. Um, very, very excited to be able to shame, share Ms. Marvel with um, people who are not familiar with it or to experience it in a new way. So it's very, very exciting. Uh, it's going to be out um, actually August 17th. Uh, and you can get more information from Graphic Audio, www.graphicaudio.net slash Marvel. Um, remember, it's .net. That still exists, apparently. <laughs> 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 I did not know that. Um, so, yeah, so please check it out. And then we have some special uh, roundtable discussions with myself, Willow, and uh, the creator of the Ms. Marvel Audio. So, yeah, I'm excited. Yay. Big deal. <laughs> So, how about this? So, uh, obviously, this is one, another one of Sana's babies, but we have the writers. So, Tara Michelle, do you want to talk a little bit about Captain Marvel and what we should expect from her? <laughs> <laughs> Putting you on the spot. You guys are making her nervous. <laughs> We're taking what Kelly Sue had done, which is amazing, and just sort of building on that. And Sana had come to us and said, and, and ta- sorry, and talked about um, what what um, sort of things that they wanted to hit in this. And one of the things was, well, we want her on a, on a space station. Um, and as we're writing it, I realize how much of my knowledge of space stations comes from Star Trek and Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually probably not... But, but then I'm it's like, well, I better do real research. And it turns out, oh, no, it's actually kind of real. <laughs> as much as, as real as it can be. But I'm like, you're, you're writing dialogue, and it's like, I know that from Star Trek Voyager. Like, I, I feel like yeah. maybe I should name it something else. Yeah. I actually was doing research, and I, the, all the information I found was from, like, a Star Trek fan site. Yeah. And it was all very helpful information. And, and totally. Um, but this is great. I, we're very excited to have uh, Tara and Michelle on board, aside from the fact that, I mean, they're talented storytellers. They've been doing this for so long, and Agent Carter is testament to that. Um, uh, you guys are watching that show, right? Yeah. Um, so, uh, it's, it's really, really nice when Marvel Television can share their talent with us, uh, and we're very excited to have them on board. Um, one thing I'll say is that this is a space station. We're going to be revealing a little bit more information about this story as the, in the coming weeks. Um, there's some fun, cool surprises. Uh, also, uh, she is um, going to be leading uh, sort of, I guess, a new iteration of Carol Kors, uh, which will include some men. I think that's okay. <laughs> right? We'll allow it. Um, but it's men and women. And again, once again, it is like celebrating all of the fandom around Captain Marvel and the Carol Corps. Um, so we're, we're very excited uh, to share what, what, what you guys have got, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we the actually art, were able to... Oh, the able art on that is amazing, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, I want to give a special shout out to Chris Anka, who actually is here. Um, where are you, Chris? He is the artist. Oh. Stand up, Chris. We allow it. Uh, he designed, obviously, he's the, he will be the artist. He's doing the covers and the interiors, and he did a slightly new iteration of Captain Marvel with uh, these costume tweaks, uh, and she looks just so stellar. I love it. Um, and those uh, are a sneak peek of the, the space jets that uh, 
uh, Carol and her crew will be flying around in. So this is a whole new world, space station right outside of um, Earth. Uh, it's, it's, it's amazing. We, we, I can't wait. Yeah, and, and yeah. for more, um, we chatted with Tara and Michelle a few weeks ago on the Women of Marvel podcast, um, talking a little bit about the, the announcement and, and more, and so you guys can definitely tune into that. It's about a 10 to 15 minute interview, so obviously we can't talk about, oh, we have so many amazing women, we want to talk to every single one of them. So, oh, we have up next, so, uh, Anne was very gracious to share some of the costume designs for um, of the, some of the season two uh, Agents of Shield. I, I kind of wanted to ask you about like let's let's walk through you know Mockingbird. Like how did you design that? Like what was your process? Well, I always start with uh, the comic book first. I think that's really important. And uh, so it was about taking what was in the comic book picking out the style lines that I felt were really important and then making it make sense for our universe on the show. Uh, but I wanted to keep that center panel, which she has in the comic books, and the buttons that she has in the comic book that go down the side. Yeah. Um, we, tr- we put those on her straps instead. So they're still there, but it's a little more subtle. And I also uh, kept her color palette as much as I could. We changed the center white panel to gray, but she's still, you know, navy blue and black. Well, and Anne graciously invited me to the shield closet, uh, <laughs> and I was able to see some of the costumes from the previous two seasons. And we were talking, one of the things you, you talked about was red in the last season and how you took all the oh, red yeah. out, of, out of, like, most of the people except for Hydra. Yeah, like, we made a conscious like decision at the beginning of season two uh, to only use red in the show when we were in Hydra. And it made it really cool and really interesting, and I think it also helped... Uh, with the palette of our cast because we wanted a change uh, with the fall of S.H.I.E.L.D. And when we came back season two, it had been a time cut, but they grew up and it was a little darker. So that really helped us to establish that palette for the show. And, and Megan, you're sort of involved yes. with ladies on both sides of you. Why don't you talk a little bit about you know, what you do, what's your day-to-day? <laughs> That's a good question. (laughs) It's different every day. Every day is um, crazy. I work for Marvel Television, so I do get to work with all of these uh, ladies, Tara and Michelle and and Anne, and also uh, Jeff Bell and Marissa Tancherone and Jed Whedon, uh, who are the showrunners on S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, Yeah, every day is sort of a different uh, challenge in terms of um, just production concerns or on set or cuts or scripts and stuff that's all the fun stuff though I mean that's you know I get to read you know their scripts and it's it's amazing so <laughs> it's it's all the fun stuff and I love comics so it's kind of a uh, dream come true yeah there you go and uh, I mean so this is one of the first times we've had uh, almost like half the panel is from TV from the West Coast. You know, we last year we were able to have Victoria Alonso on from studios, and and she was amazing, like such a great addition. I've been doing this panel for uh, this will be my sixth year doing this, um, and you know, it, it always it's always like a wide range of of comic book creators, and you know, we obviously have um, Marguerite and and Margaret down there, and like the the world. This is the world of Marvel. Like, it's not just one department, one office one role we all do something uniquely different up here and we all you know some of us work with each other day to day some of us like I've just met them for the first time yesterday and I, I think that you guys can you know there's we're all there almost all of us are on Twitter too so um, before we leave I'll try and see if everyone to go through and say their Twitters um, but uh, Marguerite why don't you talk a little bit about what you're up to right now you're writing how many books <laughs> Uh, Okie dokie, I was doing um, Max Ride uh, with uh, Alex Sanchez and Sana. Um, I'm on Years of Future Past with Mike Norton and Efsia Placencia, uh, A Force. Um, with our- yeah. um, and uh, Angela, uh, yeah. <laughs> Woo! Angela, which is going to be Angela, Queen of Hell, um, that I was doing with Kieran Gillen, and now I'm taking over solo. <laughs> Thank you. So, so you have so many books, you must have so many scripts to do every week. How do you keep them all organized? <laughs> Um, they're all so different. It lets me jump around in different headspaces, and so I never feel burned out. It's like, okay, you know, I've, I've sort of, like, hit as far as I can go today on this one, and now I can jump into the oasis of, you know, this completely different character, this completely different genre. Um, so it keeps me going, and it keeps me enthusiastic. 
Uh, Sana's like, ask her about A Force. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was awkward. So, so what's we we got you on the podcast um, when we first uh, when the when number one came out, and then obviously um, number we're up to three now, right? Uh, three will be coming out yeah. in two weeks. No. Uh, I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know this before. Why don't you talk a little bit about, like, you know, what the series is progressing. We've got a new what character. What is A-Force? Yeah, well, that too. <laughs> Sell um, it. A-Force? <laughs> we got to sure. comics here, guys. This is not my we're actually set. here for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, A-Force is the all-female Avengers team that takes place um, in, secret world, in Secret Wars uh, in uh, Battle World. Um, and it's an island called Arcadia, uh, set in the shadow of this place, this wall called The Shield, that defends the free world from the land of the Marvel zombies, essentially. <laughs> um, and A-Force is a team comprised of She-Hulk, uh, Medusa, Captain Marvel, Dazzler, um, Sister Grimm, and this new character called Singularity, created by G. Willow Wilson, uh, the writer of Miss Marvel. And they are essentially what stands between uh, this, this, um, this um, you know, fantastical world that they've built, this civilization where the heroines um, are the ones who sort of founded and cultivated this world. Um, and, you know, the, the utter chaos, uh, you know, that lives beyond the wall. And it's the story of sort of the cost of trying to build a paradise, um, of, you know, the ideals that you're striving to live and striving to pass on to your children and to the generations that follow you. And sort of the prices, uh, you know, that that... That the, the cost, um, you know, for your own soul and, you know, for uh, the legacy that you pass on to others. Um, as, you know, a traitor rises within Arcadia um, and their, you know, entire civilization is under threat. <laughs> so if, if you were not reading A Force, I hope she sold that to you. Yeah. I hope you run to your comics bookstore or go downstairs or download, the, uh, download it in, uh, on the comics app. More Dazzler! <laughs> Um, I'm put this up here so you guys can see our podcast. Um, Marvel.com slash Women of Marvel. Also, please download on iTunes, rate and review, and all that jazz. Uh, we also have another writer up here. We have Margie. Um, and, and obviously, you know, we've had you on the podcast. Uh, uh, we were able to do... Thank uh, you, seven clapping people. <laughs> I just, if you, for the careful watcher, I just punched myself in the face. I don't know if you guys picked up on that. If you're videoing, you got a nice little treat there. Well, and, and so uh, Adri was actually able to join you for a panel at BookCon last we month. Did. We paneled. It was we, a great panel. We paneled the heck out of that panel. Yeah, you totally paneled the heck out of that panel. Uh, I think I, we, we were able to record it also as a podcast, and like the first, I was listening to it, and it was like, you got everyone to scream really loudly, and I had to like stop and like pull the earphones out. But I have you- super bad ADHD, so this is like the most still I've sat in t- 22 years. <laughs> well, for those who do not know, uh, Margaret Soule will be writing the Black Widow YA book that we will be printing. <laughs> Uh, Why don't you talk a little bit about that for those who don't know? Black Widow is a kick-ass character. Can we say ass? Ass. She is, as I'm often teased for saying, she's the kick-assiest character in the history of kick beep Um, And we got to really explore her background. I worked pretty closely with um, Sana, which was great. And uh, I'm a huge Marvel fangirl, so I came in the office and saw Judy and... Adrian, everyone, and not, tried not to throw up. Had them take my picture in front of the wall. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, they said, stop doing that. That's not cool. <laughs> but uh, we get to meet some, uh, some of the characters from Black Widow's past, which I know you guys have always wanted to do. We um, used the... We really used the comic books um, as the guide, and we tried to really, you know, stay in the spirit and the canon, and it, I mean, I think we pulled it off, but it's definitely the most fun I've ever had. It is really kind of focused on, um, on what makes Natasha Romanoff kick, and not so much, uh, here's a spoiler alert, not so much on what guy she's with, but really the, the nature of her heart. It is by far the most rewarding. It's the best job I've ever had. So thank you guys, because it's been just 
I've loved every second of it. And, and, and being here on this table is just freaking me out right now. So. <laughs> um, Fangirl later. Uh, it's on sale October 13th. October 13th, yeah. Yes. Um, so I have five chapter samplers here. If you ask me for them, I will give them to you to five. Well, no, you got to come ask me. I can't. I can barely see that. Part. In fact, I can't see you at all. Wait, how about you have samples? Why don't for those gun. people who answer questions, yeah. ask questions, we'll go. give those out. That's incentive to come up with a question right now. Yeah, I've 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 read uh, I've read the novel. It is so good. Um, Margaret has such a great understanding of Black Widow's voice and character, and there's some cool new characters in there, which we'll reveal later on. Um, and then look out for another announcement uh, this week. Oh, this yeah, week. this week we um, ha- we has surprise. Yeah. <laughs> so Lorraine, so Lorraine uh, hosts and writes the Watcher and the Marvel Minute, which is uh, weekly shows on Marvel's YouTube and Marvel.com every week. Um, on top of many things, you host. Uh, we did a live stream uh, for the red carpet premiere in Ant Man, and also earlier this year for Avengers. Um, why don't you talk a little about what I'm always fascinated with is how you plan for hosting. You've got 30 people you're going to talk to. How do you organize them in your head? You don't. Um, <laughs> you study and study and study, and you just hope that all of that information stays inside of your brain long enough to get it through four days of 12-hour days of talking to people every 15 minutes, and you just have to remember their whole life. For four days. <laughs> and then forget them all. And, and, no, and then it, most of it stays in there, I think, for now. I, I don't remember my parents' address anymore, but um, the rest of it, yeah, yeah, yeah that's in there still. Uh, but yeah, that, that's it. I, I host Marvel Minute, and I, I do that, and I do the red carpet premieres. And you guys, I have the coolest job in the world. Why do people pay you for this? <laughs> don't wait. Don't let anybody don't in the office that. hear yeah. this. <laughs> don't uh, yeah, and I get to interact with you guys, which is the coolest thing in the whole world. Please, honestly and truly, I beg of you guys, if there's something you guys want to know, if there's something you want to see, if there's something you want to hear about, if you're, there's something you want me to ask someone, I want you to tell me. Like, that's what my job is, to connect you guys to all of these people. Oh, and knock over water. <laughs> but that, that's what I'm here for in this world, so please, uh, it's all about you guys. We can't do this without you guys, and we want to know. So please, always, talk to me. That's all I want. <laughs> write, write some nice YouTube comments. <laughs> Please. <laughs> and, and obviously, uh, well, I'm gonna, yeah, applaud Lorraine. Yay! Yay! She works very hard. Very hard. Oh, and, and obviously, like, I think one of the things, another person that works incredibly hard and very rarely uh, gets the, gets, you know, the thanks is Adri. Yeah, Woo-hoo! where's my Adri? So you manage all of Marvel social media. We've got Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, Pinterest. I can keep on going. Snapchat. I could just make up some platforms. Let's right just now. make up some platforms. And, and every day you go in, you have to be on your phone. And, and, it's, and also at the time she gets to be on her phone all day or on the internet all day. That's kind of a nice job. Yes. And it's, um, it's, you're constantly bombarded by both positive and negative um, comments, but it's all really... Um, it observed and uh, and we're really thankful to get all of that feedback. And I always say, you know, when people are like, what, what, you know, how do you deal with all these comments? And it's, it's actually just, it feels amazing to be working for um, a brand that has, that has products that mean so much to people that they get physically angry about something. <laughs> but, but imagine how, like, that's amazing that it means that much to somebody that, that they get mad. Well, you know, last year on the panel, we talked about how, you know, we want more female merchandise. Yeah. And you guys... <laughs> and I don't know if you guys have been down to the Marvel merch booth, but did you know how much female merchandise there is now? We have so much stuff. I bought all of it. I hope you all did too. We bought so much of it, we had to reorder it. Uh, Also, fun fact, her universe's Avengers fashion line sold out so much that it was the most successful fashion line that Hot Topic has ever sold. And I own all of those pieces. (laughs) 
And also her universe announced some new dresses. Uh, I think yesterday or the day before, they're really beautiful, very like nice like dresses, and there's like a Black Widow and an Iron Man. Um, so we're listening. Keep on speaking. You know, Victoria said last year, she's like, you guys have to speak. You have to speak loud. If you want something, we're listening. We're listening on our Twitters. We're listening out loud. So keep on speaking, and, uh, and, and hopefully next year we have even more merch. Also, constructive criticism is good. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, I think I gave every single person on the panel a moment. Um, So we're going to open it up to Q&A. Oh, my God. There was... uh... (laughs) Did you see how fast Kamala Khan was? Uh, Someone's got to help her with the mic and or carry her. Kamala, embiggen. Embiggen, Kamala. <laughs> yeah! Uh-huh. <laughs> you did it! Uh, I have a question that's for um, everyone. Everyone. Um, what did, what's like the funnest part about your job? Oh. Right now. Yeah. <laughs> you being Kamala Khan is the most fun. Yes. Thank you. You're the best. I will say, uh, as, as I've worked here for nine years, is it's my family. Like, these people, these ladies up here are my family. You are all my family. Like, I'm able to have an amazing job because I have great people that work next to me and help me, and I help them. And also, you guys come out and watch movies and watch TV shows and continue to help me get my paycheck. So, thank you. <laughs> Wait, uh, can you come up here for a second? Yeah, come up here. Okay, so I'm not as cute as her. But <laughs> um, I've loved the progression of the costumes from like the classic comic books where everyone's super busty and um, now they're just strong empowered women. Have you faced any challenges with altering those costumes on the uh, male or female side or has it just been like welcomed? (laughs) (laughs) It's not subtle at all, (laughs) Margie. Oh wow, where'd this come from? Uh, oh, okay, sorry. What, what are you asking? You're asking about the costume. I think Ange should a- answer this one, too, and then we can talk about it on the comic side, too. Uh, <laughs> well, um, Mockingbird's a great example of that. Uh, I made a very conscious decision not to go super busty and, you know, yeah. I mean... She is. She's a spy. And our world is a very tactical world on the show. And I wanted it to look like this was something that she could actually fight in and go, like, fly under the radar in. And, um, and even her boots are flat. You know, she's not wearing heels. So, uh, I, uh, I'm a, you know, I really try to take that stuff into consideration when I'm... Uh, you know, designing any of those superhero costumes. But, you know, that being said, we do have Agent May in the silver sequin dress with the heels, which was kind of a fabulous moment in the season for me. And she wailed. Yeah, she did. She rocked it. With a lot of our redesigns in particular, we have tried to make sure that, like, Captain Marvel's a great example, that a woman looks beautiful and powerful at the same time, and it doesn't mean that you have to take off your clothes to do that. Um, So we're really trying to, to, to capture what makes um, a, a woman beautiful, and, and that's so many different things. So, uh, you know, at, and there's a lot of conversation about it. I know that we also get pushback that people say that we're making our characters too conservative, which is yeah. just ridiculous. <laughs> um, but the fact that you guys are responding to it means so much to us, because that's really our intention. We want it to be practical. We want it to be stunning. Um, and we want them to be able to still punch bad guys without, like, having their clothes fall apart. I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of important. Thank you. But also, I just wanted to tell you, Sana, that's not lost on anyone. And you know I have a 14-year-old cartoonist daughter 
who went to an art class, a character design class, this whole summer and just fought every day with what, what was defined as a woman, mm-hmm. right? And the body type. She was forced to draw over and over, and someday she would say, I just don't feel like drawing white people today. <laughs> and the pushback you get for that. And, you know, what, what made a girl a girl? So she got in one fight about Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz where she was given this, like, hypersexual, you know, like the kind of... Halloween, that's like the stripper version of like Little Red Riding Hood. And uh, she was like, she was like, do you know the word hypersexual to the teacher? And he, she, he said, what are you talking about? And she said, Dorothy is a child. This is against the law. Fourteen-year-old, I have to tell you, every single time you you put a woman in a dress she could fight in or in, a, you know, God forbid, pants. She like we are all cheering. Thank you. That I love your daughter. That's the thing on Agent Carter, actually. Sorry. That's the thing on Agent Carter, even in the TV world, where we have to put Haley into and out if she's going to be kicking people in the face a lot, which she is. She can't, and plus we have the much more conservative fashion of 1945, mm-hmm. so or 1946. So, but we do put her in pants. You, you, and even though that not a lot of women were wearing pants back then, and we try to be somewhat authentic, but you know, it, yeah, you're not going to be. She, she punches and kicks a lot of people, <laughs> <laughs> and you still know she's a woman too, yeah, right? Exactly. No, Weird. There's no doubt. Yeah. yeah. Hi, um, I'm a huge Kitty Pride fan, and I was just <laughs> see. I'm in good company. Um, I was just wondering how you feel about her role in Days of Future Past in the comics versus the movie, and how you deal with women having a sort of lesser role in kind of the big blockbusters. Well, I think that. I mean, well, I feel like those are two different questions. I don't know if anyone else wants to answer this. I feel like it's being thrown in my direction, right? Is this me? Am I being thrown under the bus? Oh, anyone. (laughs) Or just just your feeling about uh, kind of women's role in the bigger blockbuster Marvel movies. Look, I mean, the reality is all of that stuff takes time, you know? It's sort of, I was talking earlier about, you know, the reason that Ms. Marvel is even continuing, the fact that we actually can get into another year, um, is because people are buying the comics. Like, we, at the end of the day, we still are a business, and we need to make money. And um, the reality is, uh, who is picking up those comics or watching those movies, and how many of them are? Because we have to spend money to make money. Um, and if we're not seeing the results, unfortunately, we can't do as much. But I do strongly believe a shift has happened. It's not happening. It's happened. Um, because more people, not only are more women interested in our content, um, more, more men are interested in female-related content, too. So there's so much excitement around um, superheroes and the superhero genre, but also uh, about the desire to have more representation uh, not only just in our comic books, but in our movies. I mean, honestly, the fact that Captain Marvel is going to be a movie is a big deal. Yeah. So it's out there. It's coming. We just have to be patient with it because movies do take time. Um, but there's so much support, I know, in the industry, but specifically at Marvel. Marvel really wants our female characters um, to be elevated. Uh, that's why we've been allowed to do the things that we've been allowed to do. And this is company-wide, you know. We have to figure out exactly what works from a business perspective, but we have been empowered to tell diverse and interesting stories. Every single one of us up here has been empowered to do that. And we will continue to do that. We just need your support. So just go tell a million of your friends, each of you. Um, and and we, will, we will keep doing it. And we're listening. Um, we and want I, this feedback, absolutely. And I'd also say that, uh, you know, they're publishing great comics with female leads. A-Force being definitely one of the ones that I'm reading right now. <laughs> uh, and if you want to see strong female heroes, you can certainly turn on Marvel Television because we've got a lot of them. We've got, you know, Peggy Carter. We've got the Women of S.H.I.E.L.D., and Jessica Jones is coming soon, so. Awesome, thank you. And Marguerite, could I have some chapters from your book? So sorry? Chapters from the Black Widow book? <laughs> yeah? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you need a t-shirt then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
Hi, everyone. Um, so I know that something that's important for me with heroes, um, both like on screen and in comic books, is that they have noticeable flaws and imperfections. And I was wondering how you go about writing female characters that have the said flaws and imperfections while still making sure that they remain a strong female protagonist, both for young girls and women. I, I just want to say, I feel like sometimes there's this confusion between the word... uh, strong. I think, yes, women have strengths, but sometimes a strong character is one that is flawed. Because (laughs) people are holistic, they're diverse and within themselves. So I think a strong character is one that is written well, (laughs) which is one that is human. Well, strong, doesn't, strong doesn't mean perfect. Yeah. No, exactly. And yeah. perfect, also, perfect is boring, I, I feel like. And I, one I, of the reasons why Jessica Jones is so awesome. Oh. I, <laughs> if you haven't read Alias um, by Bendis, it's actually on Comixology right now, but um, read that book. If you want to see a really Go awesome, read it. powerful, strong, and a deeply flawed character, um, do it. And then watch for the Netflix show. <laughs> yeah, but also a lot of times for writers, when uh, strong means complex. So when I hear strong, I think complex, and so that's kind of what you guys are, have been saying, like the good and the bad. That that's what you guys respond to is what seems real. Thank you very much. I just wanted to know who your uh, biggest female heroes were when you were all kids that led you to write such powerful characters. Now, I have a daughter. She's seven. I grew up on comics, and I love female and male characters, and now I'm trying to instill that in her. And uh, I just wanted to know if there's anybody that influenced you, because she's reading all your books now, and she's watching all the TV now. And I just wanted to know what your first foray into uh, powerful female characters or what made you want to write them and, and bring them to the screen was. I was just over at the Hilton and they were sh- the Star Wars Starbucks <laughs> at the Hilton and they were showing Star Wars there and I was like oh I was about six I think when that came out and it was it was even now you know all these years later Princess Leia character is she's not only capable and smart she's funny and I think that's what she that's what makes that movie more than just another spaceship movie which I love a spaceship movie but because it's it's funny and she's sarcastic and she's and no less she can be vulnerable at times but I like love that character um so I think that was probably a big influence on a lot of people my age. I I loved Leia because she had a gun and so she seemed powerful like a man. I'm not in favor of guns. I'm just telling you maybe that was an early Black Widow, you know, tip-off. But I will tell you that I, like many people who are not a white man, I adapted the heroes who were out there to fit me. So some of my favorite heroes were, you know, were, were your favorite heroes growing up, but in my mind, they, they were me. So, because I had to work with what I had. So I didn't ever want to be Guinevere. I wanted to slay the dragons. And I have kids like that who I took to be fencers because they wanted to slay the dragons. So, like, you kind of work with what you have and you you make that pivot in your head. That's the beauty of being able to write now women characters that a kid can buy, you know, hopefully the costume of and identify with who's already a girl because that's a leap we didn't really have. We had princesses. Um, I never actually identified with the heroines so much as I did with the villains. And so... (laughs) Um, uh, in Batman the Animated Series, Catwoman, Poison Ivy, and Harley Quinn. Like, yep. that was my trend. <laughs> um, and I think the thing that appealed to me so much was that they didn't have to be good. They just got to be yeah. themselves. Yeah. That's great. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Hi. Um, so the two questions I had backed up have already sort of been asked. Um, so first of all, I just want to say thank you for... Um, all you guys have done. I'm new to the Marvel world, and part of the reason that I decided to jump into it was because of things like Miss Marvel and now A Force. And 
it, it makes me very excited to be in, in this comics world where um, I think re- things are really you know, at a good place where they should be as far as progressiveness. Um, so since my questions were already asked, I'm going to ask a question that I know you guys can't really answer, but maybe you can say a maybe instead of a no. Um, <laughs> is there any chance that we will see Kamala Khan on S.H.I.E.L.D. with the Inhuman story going on or maybe in some other form either in the films or TV show at any point in the nearish future? <laughs> yeah, Megan, God. Megan. I love Kamala Khan, but no comments. Uh, I'd have to kill myself. She's actually, but she is going to be on an episode uh, of Avengers Animated uh, Cartoon this fall. Yeah, spring fall. Steve Wacker. Yeah. Thanks to Steve Wacker. Yes, and Steve Wacker, uh, who was my senior editor uh, during the development of Ms. Marvel. Um, will be shepherding that project uh, and I've already uh, heard uh, snippets of it and it's amazing. <laughs> so excited. Yeah. Awesome. Um, could I also grab one of the yeah, book yeah. previews? Thank you. <laughs> you guys rock. So we have, we have uh, five minutes left so let's try doing lightning round. Hello. Um, my question is for Marguerite. Um, if you couldn't tell by my outburst earlier, Dazzler is my favorite comic book character. Uh, I got like the first 20 issues of her comic first comics I ever read at a garage sale for like a dollar. And one of my favorite things about them was how she juggled being a superhero with a pop star. She was a pop star first, and she just sort of accidentally fell into superheroics on the side. So I was wondering, uh, that's a side of her that we haven't really seen represented in in a while. So I'm wondering if you have a chance in A-Force. Is that something maybe you might want to explore a little bit? He's giving you tips. No spoilers? Okay. By the by, A-Force number one sold 115,000 issues. We beat every DC book down to Batman. So buy more. <laughs> Hi. Uh, I'm the actually the uh, head of a translation department back in my country, and I named myself the translator for Agent Carter and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., um, <laughs> Uh, so I was asked, uh, actually thinking about how in Agent Carter we get her, it's like we all know that she's super kick-ass, but the man don't take her seriously because she's a woman, obviously, back then. And then in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., we see like Simmons fangirling over her, how amazing <laughs> she is and stuff. And like this progression and of where we are now and how we're seen now. So I was hoping maybe you could expand a little bit on like the evolution of all the characters, not even just Carter, just all of them, because we started, like, even with Sue Richards and stuff, like, the oh, evolution of women in Marvel. I can speak to, we can speak to Carter. I don't, I don't know if I can speak to the, all of them. <laughs> it's a lot. Um, well, even if you, if you watch the full run of Agent Carter by the end, she actually has somewhat earned the respect of her colleagues, and she enters the SSR for one of the last times, and they all give her sort of a round of applause, because they finally... And even in the second season, as we're writing it, um, uh, that story has been told, and she actually is in a position of respect now. Um, So, and then I think, um, I don't want to... No spoilers. I'm I'm, I'm not going to... Pardon me? We know she goes on to co-run. Yeah, I I think that's it. I think you know that she goes to be the head of S.H.I.E.L.D. eventually. Um, So... uh, and it's not to say that it's still something that she won't encounter uh, in her life and people will just assume that she can do one thing. But I always say her superpower is people underestimate her. Uh, they, oh, you're just a girl. Um, and so and she uses that against them. So uh, we only have two minutes left, so we sadly only have time for one more question. But I do want to say thank you for everyone for coming. Um, it, you can tweet at all of us, hashtag Women of Marvel, all that stuff, get us trending. I thought we had till 12.15. No? What happened? They have to clear the room. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm going to act. <laughs> We're going to protest this. Come on, women. All right, go ahead. Lots of pressure to ask a really good question. Um, 
Uh, I really loved the um, one of my favorite scenes in Miss Marvel was when um, she meets uh, Lockjaw, but uh, Lockjaw isn't that Medusa's dog. So I was wondering if there were any plans to give uh, Miss Marvel her own animal sidekick. <laughs> Good question. <laughs> uh, no, I mean it's it's right now it's very much Lockjaw. Lockjaw is her connection to the inhuman side of her. I mean, we've been exploring all these different parts of her identity and this is a new part of her identity. Uh, it's also just a fun toy to play with. Um, but having her with a particular dog uh, that is not is that's very difficult to hide can be problematic for someone with a secret identity. So I think we're going to stick with Lockjaw for now just because um, he's just so awesome and so adorable and so much fun he's to draw. He's so awesome. Yeah. So, uh, no, not, not, not for the time being. But th- I'm glad you love that. Thank you. Right, thank you. So they haven't told us to stop yet, so let's go. Nope. Who, rapid fire, rapid fire. Who is a female Marvel character you'd like to see get more prominence and why? America Chavez, because she's fucking baller. Uh, I'm down with everything Black Widow can possibly do. <laughs> oh, I miss Clea, you guys, right? I would love to see more Mystique. That's a good one. <laughs> I'm kind of excited to see uh, Quake. Did I say Jessica Jones earlier? She's my favorite. Love. And we're going to see more. Jubilee. She's like my little sister. I love her. Cool. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for coming. Uh, we, we love everything. Every time you guys come to these, you fill the room more and more each Let's year. Let's do a quick Twitter rapid fire. Okay, okay. I am Let's OMG underscore GJ underscore Judy. Uh, at Mini B622. At Adri Cowan. <laughs> at Michelle Fazekas. A Foley24. <laughs> at Lorraine Sink. M Stoll at Twitter. Thanks for coming, guys. It's been an awesome show. We love you. Thanks for listening, guys. We hope you guys enjoyed it. Make sure you guys tune in to marvel.com slash SDCC 2015 for all the live stream and photo coverage from all weekend, including news and updates and all that jazz. Plus, you guys will see photos from the panel you guys just listened to, so you can put faces to names. As always, if you guys have any questions, please email us at womanof at marvel.com or tweet at us at marvel, hashtag womanofmarvel. Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys next week. This is Marvel, your universe.